cash, every movie costs $2,184. Hello and welcome and happy Canada Day. Welcome to Backtracks theme music. My name is Corey Morset. Uh, joined as always uh, by my good friend and honorary Canadian, John Mariano. John, I know this is dropping on July 3rd, but this is officially the uh, uh, Canada Day weekend. Uh, July 1st is Canada Day. I know it's also a big deal uh, for you Americans, July 4th uh, being Independence Day. But uh, I was feeling a little patriotic and I, I hope that's okay with you this week. Pain don't hurt, Corey. No, it don't. It sure don't. And uh, th- this movie, we we wanted to save this movie for a special occasion. And uh, it's special for a lot of reasons. I know this movie is very uh, special uh, to John. And this artist uh, is very special uh, to me. We're covering 1989's Roadhouse. Not Roadhouse 2, not the 1920s Roadhouse, not the 1940s Roadhouse, but the classic 1989 Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze, Sam Elliott, Kelly Lynch, and directed by Rowdy Harrington. Uh, if you didn't know what you were getting into with Roadhouse, just know the director's name is Rowdy Harrington. There are only three things I remember about this movie, Corey. One, never underestimate me, underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Even if they call you a cocksucker, be nice. Well, when do I know when it's time to not be nice? Oh, uh, uh, Dalton will tell you when it's time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if they, yeah, and if they call your mother a whore, remember the one bouncer asked, "What if they called my mother yeah. a whore?" Well, well, is she? Well, is she? <laughs> um. Patrick Swayze's doll. We're just going to get into it, everyone. Like, I've been, like Corey knows, I've been chomping at the bit since we started this podcast to talk about this movie. And Corey's like, it's Canada Day. Let's talk Jeff Jeff Healy. And I'm like, yes, because I knew that meant we're talking Roadhouse. And I was like, I, so, so Patrick Swayze's Dalton. I know Stallone and Schwarzenegger and, and, Bruce Willis and all these guys get all the love. Uh, for me, the quintessential action movie character, right? I'll take him above all. I'll take him above, and this is going to sound like blasphemy, but above like Chuck Norris. Like we do all the Chuck Norris jokes, right? You, you know, you know the day that Chuck Norris realized he wasn't the toughest SOB in the world. The day he met Dalton. <laughs> Only only a uh, professional cooler uh, who has a degree in philosophy from NYU could be this fucking cool. It could only be played by Patrick Swayze. He's amazing. I, I was actually talking to our friend Christy McGee today about this movie, and um, I highly recommend it. And, you know, I want to know, this is, if I were a woman or if I were a man who, who were attracted to the other sex... Um, the men in this movie are thirst trap heaven, right? Like, like Patrick Swayze, and and can we talk a little bit about um, what's his name, Sam Elliott's uh, crotch cleavage? Because he's wearing some low cut jeans 
and clearly not wearing any underwear. And he has crotch cleavage all over this movie. Yes, it's not the ladies people are mostly looking at in this film. It's the gentlemen. Uh, Sam Elliott, cool drink of water. Uh, by far one of his coolest performances. He almost passed on Roadhouse. Did you know that, John? Because he thought the character was too close to the character he played in the film Mask, the, the Rocky Dennis movie with Cher. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, this guy's much tougher and much more awesome than that that character. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about because he is like the he was the coolest character in Mask when I saw a Mask. And then he shows up in Road like they needed the mentor character for Dalton. And there's nobody better at this period of time to, to play than Sam Elliott, right? Like he comes in and it's like, oh, these two together are dangerous. Yeah. Right? Let, let's talk a little bit about the plot here. So in this film, we have a professional cooler who is kind of like the, the head bouncer uh, in a club. Uh, Dalton, uh, his name is James Dalton. They don't call him James Dalton, but you see his name uh, on his uh, medical records. He carries around his medical records with him. That That's how much of a, a tough guy this guy is. And he spent a lot of time in ERs uh, in can, his life. Can, can, can we hit a pause for a minute? Because in real life, there are only two people that I think come close to how tough Dalton's portrayed in this movie. And that's Mick Foley and Jackie Chan. <laughs> Right, like, like based based on the injury report he has, can you think of anybody else that fits that bill? Well, he only had what it was only two shotgun wounds, right? He he, st- quite a few stabbings, some broken ribs, uh, only shot twice though. Uh, of course, that that goes up in this film. Well, well, no, it goes up in this film, but 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 it's not just shot twice. It's all the other injuries. Like he has his medical records. His medical records thing is fairly thick for a guy of his age. Right. With like, 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 it's not like he has diabetes, and that, like that's why his chart looks like that. I, I love that he carries around his his medical records with him, and I love that in every town he goes to, he buys a beat up car and just loads up on old tires, knowing at the end of the night his tires are going to be slashed and something bad's going to happen to his car because it happens every single time. Yeah, it's it's um, but it's great because when we first meet him, he. That like this beautiful club, and you're like, oh, this guy can't be that tough. You don't realize he like got it to that point, right? And that's yeah. why the club is the way the club is, right? And like this is his job is like you have you you have a bar that's overrun with like thugs and people like just ruining it. Like like Jeff Healy, the Jeff Healy band is playing behind a cage at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. right? Like, like like you could barely see the band. And they're throwing beer beer bottles at them, and the beer bottles are shattering against the cage, and 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 it's not a pleasant place to be. No, no, this is a new club uh, owned by a guy by the name of Frank Tillman, who goes to to Dalton and, and hires him to come and clean up his his club called the Double Deuce in Jasper, Missouri. Uh, so he heads over to Jasper uh, to clean things up, and there he meets uh, Brad Wesley and his uh, evil uh, gang of thugs who kind of own the town and bully everybody around. And uh, Dalton takes it upon himself to try try and clean up uh, Jasper, Missouri. And, and you can kind of guess uh, what kind of happens from there. There's monster trucks. Uh, there's uh, strippers. Uh, there's a little bit of everything in the there's, glorious there, film that is 1989's Roadhouse. There's anal sex in the closet. It may not be anal. It could have just been doggy style. Look, don't, don't ruin my head category. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, there, 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 there is, um, a sexual awakening 
by one John Mariano see, see, seeing a young Kelly Lynch in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my Lord, that woman um, did things to me that she didn't realize she was doing to me. I probably didn't even understand the things she was doing to me watching this movie. Yes, we're both uh, children of the 80s. Roadhouse is a very big 80s film. It wasn't a huge theatrical uh, box office hit, but man, did it take off on home video, uh, grossing well over, from one report I read here, it's over $200 million uh, in the home video market. So it became a massive hit uh, for Patrick Swayze. Uh, Did a lot for his career too. He was just coming off of Dirty Dancing, which of course was a big surprise hit, but um, he injured his knee uh, doing Roadhouse and that prevented him uh, from signing on to a couple of films that he was up for, one of them being Tango and Cash, the other was Predator 2. Uh, so instead of doing either of those movies, he took this little uh, a movie called Ghost uh, as his follow-up to Roadhouse uh, because it was less physically strenuous. And that turned out pretty well for him. That was a massive hit in 1990. You know you know what? Those other movies, I'd be fascinated to see him in, though, right? Like, I am so happy he took Ghost because it's an all-timer. Um, that we will absolutely cover at some point on here, as well. If only as there was a magic. song from Ghost we could do. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I gotta get a little unchained to figure it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> but 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 this movie, dude. Like my my god. Like I know I invoked the name of Mick Foley earlier, and that was kind of by design because one of the villains in this movie is played by an all-time great wrestler. Who just had his birthday on the weekend here. Oh, did he? Yeah. And do you know how old he turned? Oh, he's in his 70s now, but there was a report that he wasn't doing so well, but Mick Foley actually went and visited him and said, "Uh, those reports may be a little premature. He just had a visit with the legendary Terry Funk, and he seems to be doing fine. The Chainsaw Charlie himself. (laughs) Man, does he look good in this movie. Like, like and, he is young and he is huge and does a great job. And, and it's an argument of when people talk about the all-time great actors who were wrestlers and Funk's name doesn't get thrown around enough, right? I know he's done a couple of other movies, but Funk's performance as, like, as the thug, right? Because he, like, like in his wrestling career, he really sells how badass Dalton is in this movie, right? Like, it's part of his job is he's selling, 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 and I'm buying what he's selling. How about you, Corey? <laughs> Absolutely. I was so happy to see Terry Funk in this film. I completely forgot he was in it. And then you, you, you in his first shot, you know, he's throwing some some asshole uh, out of the bar uh, in, uh, in uh, Missouri. And, uh, oh, that's Terry Funk. Man, he looks good. And uh, he yeah. looks good now. I know you 70s, 80s, you know. Uh, beat up he had quite the wrestling career and you you can't have a career like that and not have it take a toll on you uh, even the doc in this film tells dalton uh you know you're gonna uh, be pretty sore uh as you grow older with this long uh laundry list of injuries that you've suffered through your career but it was kind of fitting that uh, uh terry funk uh was in this film but um we're gonna talk more about the movie but i really wanted to talk about the artist uh that we're covering this week because um as part of canada day uh, Rolling Stone, and usually Rolling Stone puts out these lists, you know, top 50 this, top 100 that, and normally they're they're really bad. Uh, and they do it for clicks, obviously, right? Like greatest artists of all time, let's put you 2 at number one instead of like the Beatles or something. Like they, they do shit like that, uh, not based on any sort of anything, ju- just, just to generate clicks. So they put out a list of the top 50 best Canadian musicians 
of all time. Uh, so I click on this thinking, okay, th this is going to be as bad as any other. But this list especially is fucking horrific in, in who they put on this list. Snow is, is on this list. Brian Informer. Adams, they have. Yeah, Informer, thank you. Martha and the Muffins, Ben and Amy Herb. Brian Adams is number 30. How do you do a list of the greatest Canadian artists of all time and put Brian Adams at 30? Where That's was Nickelback? Criminal. Nickelback not on the list. Why not? I don't know. I, I would have put him on in front of in, uh, Snow. I, uh, like, what the look, fuck is that? I give you shit about Nickelback all the time, right? Like you can you you can you can tell tell the listeners like how how bad I write. They're, they absolutely belong on that list. Yeah, no, I would agree. But the most egregious of all, Jeff Healy, not on the list of the top fifty greatest mus Canadian musicians when he should be on the list of the top fifty greatest musicians ever regardless of nationality. He's one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And if you don't believe me, ask a guitar player, any one of them who couldn't figure out how the fuck Jeff Healy was able to do that. For folks that don't know, Jeff Healy uh, is a blind, was, excuse me, uh, a blind uh, performer. He lost his sight uh, when he was a year old. He had cancer, uh, had both eyes removed, taught himself to play guitar at three and played the guitar in his lap. So very unconventionally, he uses his thumb a lot, actually, which on a fretboard on a guitar, when you hold it normally, you're not really using your thumb too much. He's using his thumb mainly and, and picking at it. And guys like Stevie Ray Vaughan, who helped discover him, were like, the noise this boy makes, like one of the greatest blues guitarists ever and one of the greatest Canadian musicians ever, not even on this fucking list, is criminal. So... There's, there's a, a documentary that's about to come out, hopefully soon, about Jeff Healy. Um, his drummer, uh, Tom Steven, who unfortunately died this year, was really championing it. And I watched the sizzle reel for it today, and he said, Jeff Healy is starting to be forgotten in the annals of history, in the annals of music. He's not in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Um, you know, we have to try and keep the memory of Jeff Healy alive because he was legitimately one of the greatest musicians ever. So that's the main reason I know John wanted to talk Roadhouse. Uh, and I, I love Roadhouse too, but I really wanted to talk Jeff Healy on this Canada Day weekend because he doesn't get talked about enough. Corey, you might want to restate what you just said because you love Ro Roadhouse also. You do not love Roadhouse too. No. Thank you. Yes, I loved Roadhouse as well. Yeah, I, I've never actually seen Roadhouse too. Have you? No, but I, I also like have no desire to see it. Yeah, I know it's like Jonathan Skage. I really say his last name from that thing you do. Yeah. He's in it, and I know they kill uh, Dalton in it uh, off camera. So yeah, I really have no interest in seeing that one. Yeah, it's Roadhouse without Dalton just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Now, did you know they're making a remake? of Roadhouse. This one's being uh, directed by Doug Lyman, who did uh, Edge of Tomorrow and uh, The Born Identity, the very first one, uh, starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's way too jacked to play Dalton. Yeah, and in, in this one, um, I don't know if he's actually called Dalton. They haven't uh, said that on the cast list, but he's playing a former UFC fighter. Uh, it was originally going to be Ronda Rousey, but she got fired. This is around 2016. It got uh, halted and she got fired and they kind of redid it with a new script from Nick Cassavetes. Doug Lyman came on board and Jake Gyllenhaal. Conor McGregor is going to be in it too. I, I feel like they don't get what, like just even based on that description, they don't get what this movie, like the whole joke is like, he doesn't look like somebody who can, like Patrick Tracy is fairly jacked or whatever, but he's more cut than jacked. Yeah. Right. 
and, and it's it's he doesn't look imposing. That's the whole storyline. I think Jake Gyllenhaal. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he looks like a fairly imposing fellow. But he's bulked up it, for roles before. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know his face looks like you know very unassuming, which is fine. Like he has a, a boyish kind of charm to his face. But I think the problem is he he he's too big. Hmm. What's the main joke in Roadhouse? I thought you'd be bigger. I, I think he gets yeah. told that six or seven times in the film. Like for me, Tom Holland would make more sense than Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. Sorry, he, sorry. He, he, he no, he'd be a good uh, Dalton actually. Who would you cast as Wade Garrett then? You know, Sam Elliott's still around. Could he do it? Well, no, because it would have to be younger. If if, if it were like. Tom Holland would have to be an actor in like his, his like, you know who I would honestly get? Because it would fit. I get Brad Pitt. Okay. I get Brad Pitt. And I'm saying that because if Brad Pitt's play, playing that character, like Brad Pitt from Fight Club, mm-hmm. right? Like, could you, could you picture those two together doing scenes together? I think That'd that be could great. be, I think that could be like a lot, a lot of the fun. You know who uh, popped into my head first was Robert Downey Jr. Almost kind of the same uh, relationship they had in the Spider-Man film, but yeah, you know, be bad either. I was thinking uh, Downey Jr. from uh, Sherlock, where he was kind of doing that uh, almost like cage fighting in, in Sherlock. He reminded me a lot of, uh, especially uh, body type with uh, Patrick Swayze from this film. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I, I think someone along those lines would be great. I, I think you know you need Jalen Hall. I, I like even Josh Josh Hutcherson from the. Uh, Hunger Games, he'd mm-hmm. be a good Dalton. Like these are these are like smaller, yeah, you know, like Josh Hutchinson's like five five. Does right? he have the cool factor though? Like you got to be able to portray that Patrick Swayze cool. Like he got stabbed in that first sequence in the film and didn't even flinch. This is true. And you bought it, and you bought it. This is true. Like who who's that person now? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like is it is is there a look look tweet at us if if you want or Instagram at us or whatever you want to do, just at us, and and let us know who who your uh, modern day Patrick Swayze guy is. Who could do that now? I'm gonna have to think about that as we're going along here because uh, Tom Holland's good. Uh, I don't know if he has that Swayze factor. Like even when he was getting stapled up uh, by by Kelly Lynch there in the hospital, he like barely flinches when that first staple goes in, and then he smiles. Remember, pain don't hurt. Yeah, it needs to. You know what? You're right. It needs to be like a young, sexy actor too, right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that young kid they got playing Superman now. Uh, look, he's gonna be busy for a while. That kid. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, but what do you say? I, I want to hear some music here. Let's play a little Jeff Healy. Uh, we had a few great cuts from Roadhouse. We could have played. The obvious answer would have been uh, play Roadhouse Blues. Uh, their cover of the Doors hit. But I wanted to play a little uh, original Jeff Healy uh, from this soundtrack, uh, from the opening bar scene uh, where they're playing Behind the Chicken Wire. Uh, This is a song that's also on the Jeff Healy Band's debut album from 1985, See the Light. This is Confidence Man. Oh! 
oh, that just heals my soul, John. Uh, great old blues cut like that. It, it actually reminded me a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan in a song he did called Crossfire. But um, I, I miss that voice. Like, Jeff Healy just sounds so cool. And he was so cool in this movie playing Cody. He actually makes his acting debut, him and the other members of the Jeff Healy band uh, in, in the film. And he does a great job. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, like, bluesy track, right? Like, you, you said Jeff Healy, and I know, like, we try to do more popular artists or whatever, but I really love the vibe of what you went for with it, you know, spotlighting Jeff Healy and, and picking this song because it's so damn cool. Like, you know, talk about movies that fit the movie and music that fits the movie, right? Like, the the this song really feels like it's about Dalton mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yep. Uh, lyrically, uh, groove-wise, everything. Uh, yeah. the, the fact that they got the Jeff Healy band for this film is is the perfect marriage of music and movies. And, and, and I look, I, I, I rethought the casting a little bit. I think you're right about Tom Holland. It does need to be somebody with like some kind of sexiness factor. And I was thinking, like, it, it should be somebody with some kind of of choreography and dance background because that's right. one of Patrick Swayze's yep. strengths. Yeah, and he has to have that charm and and evoke that sexiness and seem innocent enough. And he could be muscular without being big and oversized. What do you think about Zac Efron? That's not bad. That's not bad. I think he has. He definitely has that cool factor. And if he got stabbed and no sold it, I would believe it. Right, like I think, yeah. I think he kind of, and he's also not like he's not too big. Like, like if you look at him in Baywatch, he's kind of on the shorter side of things, especially when you get an actor like The Rock next to him, right? So, so I, I think, I think somebody along those lines is what I'm thinking. You know what? He dropped maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle. Like he was pretty yeah. big in in like Baywatch and, and Neighbors and that. But the kids got chops too. Like he played Ted Bundy uh, on that Netflix movie and did a pretty damn good job on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's got he's got some range. He doesn't have to be just he comedic or or anything. He has that charm about him. I could see him giving the speech, like the speech. I think I, I think that's I think that's who I'm going with. I think that's a winner. So now we got let's uh, cast Wade Garrett too. Like I, I'm still not minding my uh, RDG uh, casting for that one, but there might be somebody better out there too. So 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 I I, I honestly think you want like a middle aged. Action star. And I think there's only one choice. I really think there's only one choice for that. Because especially when I think about S- Sam Elliott and, and what he had done previously, what if you go with a Keanu Reeves? Somebody who's like well, an established badass action star. Like we know. Like because then it's all of a sudden, oh shit, it's being played by John Wick. Yeah. No, I, I I don't mind that one either. Like he can certainly pull off the facial hair too, right? And, and he has the fight background. And again, he's not super big because he's the one who trained Dalton, right? And their whole thing was go for the knee. I don't doesn't matter how big and how fast you are, you take out his knee, they're fucked. And I wouldn't mind seeing him in a movie for once, not as like the John Wick badass, but like this aged up, like you, you know, past his prime, cooler, you know. I think that I think something along those lines. I think I'd like to see that performance out of him, and, and him and Efron together. I think they could have some magical moments on screen because they both have that charm and that humor about them. 
Yeah, which is important. But for Wade Garrett especially, you need that charisma. Right. And I, I think Keanu has that charisma. So that works too. Okay. Now, 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 now finally, we need the wrestler, right? <laughs> we, we get we, we we have to get that Terry Funk, we're going to oversell something in here. What either modern day or slightly past his prime wrestler are you putting in there? You need somebody who's like the opposite of Dalton in a lot of ways. You need big, right? So Batista jumps to mind because he's got chops, but he's 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 kind of gotten smaller now that he's uh, focused more on his acting career. Um, what about a guy like uh, Gunther, who, who's currently wrestling? Can he pull that so, off? So, so I was thinking about somebody with some acting background. I was I, I was actually thinking about um, the Miz. Oh, he's not big enough. I don't think. Like famous enough or large? Oh, like physically. And like, he's not scary. Terry Funk in this movie was scary. If I was like putting my hands on a waitress and Terry Funk was coming for me, I'd I'd be shitting myself. If the Miz was coming for me, I'd probably laugh. So so, so, so maybe you're right. It should be Batista. Like Batista would work, I think. Batista would be. But Batista could also, he's also capable of playing like the, the main villain of this movie too. He could, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Which he we got. We, we should cast that one too. Uh, Brad Wesley is a is a big presence in this film. Uh, ben Gazzara played him in the movie, uh, very very well, I might add. That okay. I'm gonna play a little bit more of the song. Let's think about who could play Brad Wesley. All right, before we get into the uh, guitar pyrotechnics of the legendary Jeff Healy, uh, have you cast our villain yet in our uh, reboot of uh, Roadhouse? I have. Have you? Actually, I was just enjoying the music. I didn't really put that much thought into it. I'm just going to agree with whoever you came up with because you've been it- right on the money so far. So, 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 so next up in our cast is none other than Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. I wanted somebody with like a thick Southern accent, somebody who I felt could be overly imposing, especially as like a money man. Um, he felt like he come from big, big like Southern mo- money, and that's kind of what you need, right? Yep, he's got to be able to kind of handle himself too, because there's that scene where Ben Gazzara actually starts whipping on one of his own thugs, right? Uh, so you, you got to have like a, a fight background with him too, and I think Billy Bob, if he's in shape, I think he can pull that off. Yeah, like, like like I was trying to think about it, and as far as southern actors go, it's it's not like they're they're few and far between, but to get them in the right age range too, right? Um, because Billy Bob feels like he's he, he's older now. Um, if it wasn't him, I'm trying I'm I'm trying to think because I, like. Like Clooney's from the South, and it's not that Clooney's even too big or anything for this, but 
Clooney feels like he'd be too slick. Little slick. Now, here's a name, just because I know he is a massive Roadhouse fan, but how about Bill Murray? I think he's a little old for it now, though. He loves this movie. That's still the reason yeah. why I threw that out there because he watches wrote like a there. There was a great clip I saw in the John Feely, uh Sizzle Reel. Anthony Bourdain was having supper with uh, Bill Murray. He talked about how much he loved Roadhouse, and Bill Murray's like, "You like oh. Roadhouse? Like I didn't think anyone in the world loved Roadhouse as much as I do." You know what? If you give Bill Murray a role though, with if we even create a new role and make him like somebody who helps helps out the big villain. I think I might have the guy Who's that? that they worked with. Woody Harrelson as the main. Okay. Villain. Yeah, that would work. Right. And then if you do something where you pair Woody with like a Bill Murray in there where he's like extra money coming in or something, like you just add a little something where, where, but you have to go bigger with a sequel anyway. Where mm-hmm. like, oh, we, we need more people to like fight this Dalton or whatever. And he like calls up his buddy. It's almost like John Kreese calling up what's his name in, in the third. Right, the kid movie, right? It's like, oh, we need more people, right? And Bill Murray comes in and he brings more people with him, more like everything. <laughs> well, uh, one casting I, I think is guaranteed uh, as Ernie Bass, the new bartender, uh, originally played by Keith David. I think you get Keith David and give him more to do because er, Keith David is in this film for like two scenes. A lot of his stuff got cut out. I wanted more Ernie Bass. Yeah, Keith, Keith David is phenomenal um i'm never gonna argue like you're you're like if you sit there and you tell me pick a pick, pick a random movie like if you told me when they were remaking the smurfs you know, you know what the smurfs needs john more keith david i'm not gonna argue with you <laughs> who would God. <laughs> but not on the list, huh? Not on the list. You think you think it was like one of these purposeful purposeful oversights, or do you think it was like shenanigans of like they just forgot them? And it is I'm kind of getting the feeling from this documentary they want to put this out because people are starting to forget them. How do you leave Jeff Healy off the list of the top of the greatest Canadian musicians of all time? Even the list that um, they, they, they put like the Ulcerans who didn't make it. They put Cowboy Junkies, Dead Mouse, Bruce Cockburn, Skinny Puppy, The Pointed Sticks, Voivod, Brand Van 300, uh, Buck 65, Chilliwack, and Toronto. And no Jeff Healy. Not, not even mentioned in the, oh, we, we couldn't find him on our list type thing. Like It's fucking criminal. It's uh, sad. It, it, it It's really unreal. And so I, I swear if anybody out there is listening to this show and feels like, you know, spreading the word on our show, let's spread this show because more people need to know about the genius that is Jeff Healy. 
And if, if you don't believe uh, Jeff Healy is one of the greatest guitar players ever, ask a guitar player. Um, everybody loved him. Uh, Steve Lukather, Eric Clapton, uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, B.B. King, Bonnie Raitt, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like the list goes on and on of people who just bow down at the at the legendary feet of Jeff Healy. Uh, and his, oh, the stories about Jeff Healy that are legendary, uh, whether he was like, you know, uh, you know, cheating cards uh, with the folks at Much Music or he beat ZZ Top in bowling one time or my favorite story. Uh, his drummer, uh, Tom Stevens, said one night they're on the tour bus and the bus is, you know, kind of swaying back and forth. So he gets up to see what's up. He gets to the front of the bus and all he hears is, all right, little to the left. All right, that's good. Okay, you're going a little fast, lower down. All right, that's good. All right, good job, Jeff. Jeff Healy's driving the fucking bus and the bus driver is like giving him cues. But Healy's, you know, spitting down the highway at 100 miles an hour, uh, having the time of his life driving the tour bus, shit like that. The, the guy's a legend. He's basically like real life Daredevil from the comics, right? Like it's like it's like he's he's blind, but he has like these extra senses that just blow your mind. Yeah, it's really true. And uh if, if you ever pointed out that that uh, to Jeff Healy that he was blind, he'd kick his he'd kick your ass, uh, according to his band members. Uh he he's not an impressive musician because he was blind. He's an impressive musician because no one in the world played like him. And if you don't believe me again from listening to Confidence Man, check out his cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps, uh, which is one of his most famous uh, performances of all time. George Harrison and Jeff Lynne are both uh, performing on that track with him. Absolutely incredible. You know how cool uh, Jeff Healy was? Even Dalton wouldn't fuck with him. No, no. It was kind of established early on just to help, you know, sell these characters, right? Like, God, he's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, in this show, we're talking about, well, uh, three really uh, legends uh, that are no longer with us. Uh, Patrick Swayze, unfortunately, died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, so did Ben Gazzara actually died also of pancreatic cancer. Uh, Jeff Healy also taken uh, way too soon uh, in, 2000, in 2008. Uh, he died of sarcoma. Um, so un unfortunately, three legends are no longer with us. But, but, but we, have, we, we have the art that survives us, right? And mm -hmm. we can celebrate it like we are here. So rest in peace. And thank thank you for your work because it, it brings much happiness to all our lives. Absolutely. And can we uh, talk a little more about Patrick Swayze and just how fucking great he was? Uh, you, one of the most legendary performances in Roadhouse, but really his entire output, um, even the things like Saturday Night Live, the the, the amazing legendary Chippendales uh, sketch he did with Chris Farley, like fantastic stuff. He couldn't. No one else could have pulled that off. No, no. It's it, it's a. Uh... He's he's a he's a very special actor, and we're gonna cover many more of his films on here. This is just his best work. 
Yes. Uh, he was great in uh, The Outsiders, uh, Red Dawn, of course, Dirty Dancing, uh, Ghost, we mentioned. How about Point Break, 1991? There's one we got to cover, absolutely. Um, great performance in Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Uh, just an, an amazing actor. Um, so I'm really glad that we got this opportunity together, John, where we can pay homage to him, uh, to the great Ben Gazzara, uh, who died in 2012, and, and of course, the legendary Jeff Healy. Let's finish off Confidence Man. <laughs> That's good shit. How do you leave him off the list of the 50 greatest music Canadian musicians of all time? I have no idea. It is, um, it was a great choice for the song tonight. Um, I know, like you said, a lot of people would pick the cover. Um, this just really, um, hits home in a lot of ways. It's a phenomenal song. It's an original and it celebrates, Jeff Healy in all the best ways. Thank, thank you for everything, Mr. Healy. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, uh, Rowdy Harrington and the cast and crew of Roadhouse, an all-time 1980s classic. Still holds up today. I can attest to that because I just watched it a few hours ago and had the time of my life. Uh, even uh, you know critics like Roger Ebert said, um, you know, it's not a good movie, but it's never a boring movie. It's just ridiculously entertaining. Every single thing about it. Um, I love the character of James Dalton so much. I'm sorry we didn't get more with him with Patrick Swayze. Like there was opportunities there, uh, you know, to expand the Roadhouse universe uh, in, into the 90s. Uh, uh, I'm not sure why that never happened. Uh, but John, uh, I was actually kind of looking at the casting here. And of course, uh, Kelly Lynch, uh, an important lady uh, in your life at the time, was cast as Dr. Elizabeth Clay. But there was another actress originally cast as Dr. Elizabeth Clay, kind of a famous actress. Do you know who it is? Do do can I get one more hint? One more hint, okay. Uh, she's a real American beauty. Real American beauty, Annette Bening. Yes, Annette Bening. That was a great. That was a great hint too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, apparently uh, she was recast because uh, her and Patrick Swayze had too little chemistry. Like I, I can imagine anybody having too little chemistry with Patrick Swayze. I can't picture anybody having too low chemistry with with Annette Benning. With Annette Benning, exactly, yeah. I mean, oh, oh, John. Yeah, but, it is... no, no, I was just going to say, um, Patrick Swayze and, and, and uh, Jennifer Grey didn't have the greatest chemistry up front, and they were forced to, like, work together. So it could have just been a thing with Swayze because, you know, maybe he was he was he he had more chemistry with the women in his personal life. You know, that, that, that could be, and actually uh... – uh, he didn't have a lot of chemistry with uh, Marshall Teague, who played uh, uh, Brad Wesley's uh, main thug, Jimmy Reno. Uh, it, they had this massive uh, fight over by a river, a nighttime fight that featured uh, Dalton's uh, MacGruber-esque penchant for uh, ripping out throats. But um, apparently they didn't like each other, Marshall Teague and Patrick Swayze, until they got into this fight and they realized they both like physical acting. And uh, And at one point, Marshall Teague actually... Uh, hits him with a log. It's in the movie, but it wasn't a prop log. It was a real log leading to uh, Patrick Swayze's knee troubles. 
it 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 is um one of my favorite on-screen fights. Um it's not the best, but it's it's definitely probably top five and and it might be top two. Can you name which movie has my favorite on-screen fight? Your favorite? Uh, I'm thinking uh, it must be something from The Last Dragon. No, that's good. That's a good guess. <laughs> it's not a movie we've covered on here yet. Okay. Because my um, other guess would have been from Johnny Dangerously. No, I mean, I mean, that's also a good guess. Is historical fight in there? But um, they live. Ah, which can, can we do that movie again uh, too, please? We're talking about Keith David. Holy crap! You're talking about Keith David, Rowdy Roddy Piper, in one of the greatest John Carpenter movies of all time. And yes, the uh, the alley fight and they live. How long does it go? It's over half an hour, isn't it? Uh, it, it it's is. A while. It is. It is something to be told. Um, <laughs> so so so, I'm just throwing it out there as that we have to see if we can find the song from that one. But that movie's out there too. Even if we discovered John Carpenter's score. Uh, I'm cool yeah. with that. It's got a pretty iconic score. So I've actually just put in my order for the uh, 4K Steelbook edition of They Live. So I'm hoping it arrives in the next couple of weeks. But John, is there anything else about Roadhouse that we should talk about before we call it a night? No, no, I am. Uh, I am very grateful that you've brought this film to our attention. Um, not that I've never heard of it or seen <laughs> it before, but I just wanted to talk about it. And talk about it, we did. It's a great movie. Uh, not excited at all uh, about the remake, even though I like Doug Lyman as a director and I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, you just can't uh, improve perfection sometimes. No, sometimes sometimes that is better. That's right. And we'll leave it at that. On behalf of John Mariano, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Backtracks Theme Music. <laughs>